Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we put our feet up on the desk as we analyze and celebrate <laughs> Spider-Man 3, one motorcycle juggling minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Wally. Hey, Wally. Welcome back, Wally. Has it been a week already? It has. It has somehow. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to miss the bed that you guys gave me here. Yeah. We call yeah. the podcast uh, fold-out. Yeah. Three. It's, it's pretty comfy. It's a couch Shockingly comfy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I augment it with like a good mattress pad, you know, memory foam. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah, whatever, whatever's on top, it's really giving me those, uh, those good night sleep. Yeah. Good. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's, that's how we roll here. Um, so, so anyway, we're here to wrap up the week with minute 95 of Spider-Man 3, which ends or starts with J. Jonah Jameson uh, shouting, Parker, Miss Brant. Oh, boy. And ends with uh, Peter exiting a storefront in a brand new black suit. Oh man! Oh boy! Yep. We're we're in the we're we're in the adventure zone now, folks. We're having a blasty blast. <laughs> the adventure zone. The adventure zone. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. So first off, uh, we get the we get the unfortunate. Miss Brandt, that's not the position, position I, hired I hired you for. You for. All right, I get it. Ha ha ha! ha. Hilarious. Uh, um, <laughs> stupid. It's very dumb. Uh, it's very dumb. Uh, <laughs> but then we get we get we get Robbie saying out loud, "Black suit Spider Man." <laughs> he says it exactly the same way they give the direction for a voiceover actor to say the new name of a toy in an action figure commercial. Yes, black suit Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Oh. He's gotta. We gotta have these photos, Jonah. I gotta have them, Jonah. Peter, these are incredible. <laughs> just... The the photos are amazing because it's just it, he's literally juggling motorcycles at one point it is like so harleys great. yeah just tossing them in the air i mostly like i have my note here that's like i just want to know who got the task what second unit like people got to go out there with like one of the stuntmen and wire rigs and stuff and just like shoot random stuff so they could cgi in however they make these photos just like right. do random nonsense they smashed a guy head first through a windshield of a taxi ah. he's juggling mo harley davidson's uh jumping on a dude in the alley where he left his suit before also the suit looks really good in that photo because it it's awesome really shiny one. yeah i like that it's pretty cool that's yeah like bears of photography skills have upped a bit yeah i guess this uh symbiote suit can improve your skill sets in all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this uh, is photography, our photography, yeah, confidence, mm -hmm. jazz piano jazz, playing. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows. Dancing. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so he offers him the regular rate, and uh, that's when Peter says something that he really should have said a long time ago, but he has he has leverage now yeah you know he says i want the staff job double the double the pay double the pay yeah brr, brr, brr. and his leverage is that look man you published one of my photos doctored and you didn't catch it i could sue you 
I'm not. Yeah. So this is my leverage. You're going to pay me double the rate, double the double the money, and you're going to give me the staff job. I love the way that uh, Jameson's reaction, though, is less like, oh, my God, I got to pay this man more money and more his feet are on the desk. <laughs> like, I, I guess it's a slightly later here, but I'm just I'm, I'm so enamored with the way that JJ's only reaction in this is blank staring mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then looking at, at his feet. It's yeah. literally the only thing he can do to all of this. It's like yeah. a psychological gesture of who is this man? Yeah. This is not the Peter I know. Yeah. But he's, it's not, he doesn't put up a fight. He doesn't like make big scenes about it. He's just like, he's just like, what is happening right now? The, the, the one thing that can stop J. Jonah Jameson in his tracks is <laughs> Spider-Man with his haircut and his feet up on a desk. Oh, man. I swear to God, if you had internal monologue here, it's, am I being punked? Yeah. Where's the camera? <laughs> well, and the great thing about this is that him meeting this Peter, this is the Spider-Man that he hates, that he has imagined <gasps> in his mind. Yes. He's meeting that guy. <sighs> For a split second, those two Venn diagrams meet in the middle. Of like actual Spider-Man, Spider-Man that JJ believes exists. There it is. Oh, Boom. Just for a second. Know. He'll never but know. But he'll never know. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Peter does uh, another memeable uh, gesture in this one, uh, which is the hair flip. Yep. Happens with the uh, the staff job request. And sure does. You know, I, 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 I'm not mad at it the way I'm mad at like the pulling down the hair across his face gesture yeah it, that's not necessary right that's not whatever that was that was, that was a lot that, that was, was that, that was, was a lot gilding the lily a bit yeah. yes uh he's just trying to show off his confidence and he that is your hair is in your face you got to do it uh, oh my god it makes god. me laugh you know like you know how earlier in the week we were talking about the hairstyle and we were like yeah it makes so much more sense to slick it back yeah it makes even more sense when you take into the consideration that he just had a water fight with sandman and then he comes <gasps> out his hair is wet oh. he sees it in the mirror and he just like slicks it back just gets it out of his face just to get it out of his face and then boom it's slicked back and it's totally not brushing it in front of his eye oh. in front of his face oh my god yeah that said though this hairstyle in this minute has its greatest possible frame. Yes. Which is when it is all the way down and he has to look through the bangs <laughs> yeah. up at JJ's face. Like that right there is almost worth the price of admission for everything else because it is it first of all, you don't have all of his five head. You it's covered very nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh it it has this sort of wildness over his eyes that gives like a sense of mystery yeah. and and like you know intrigue and the pop collar look like this he looks like a vampire i love yeah this yeah. is like you know uh, peter parker by way of morbius going on here yeah and barnabas collins <laughs> version <laughs> and then the flip brings it completely right back to just like oh 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 it's yeah. 2007 oh. again oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. i <laughs> Oh man! What if instead of doing the hair flip here, he like he pulled out a switchblade comb and yeah. like combed it back again? Like, no, I think uh, I think I'll take the staff job and double the money. It would be so it would be so on brand for Raimi's idea of evil Peter Parker to just be a greaser. Yes, <laughs> I guarantee you. Had this movie 
taken a little longer to come out and this was post Crystal Skull, it yeah. would have just been Shia LaBeouf's character from Crystal Skull. Yes. Like, yes! complete. Because, like, the Switchblade comb, the one that looks like a knife. Uh, yeah. And just the the jacket and everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. Folded up, fo- folded yeah. up, uh, up sleeves, Some you know? Cigarettes. In yeah. The, in the-, it, it, the song would have been Grease Lightning yeah. coming out of down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! If it had been Grease Lightning, that would have been that would have been amazing. Oh my god! That would have been absolutely incredible. And he just does a, a little bit of lip sync into it. Yeah, maybe he's got like headphones in. Oh my god! Which is also like, you know, a, an evil parallel to uh, staying alive, which is uh, you're yeah. always what you're doing Travolta. when you're doing that. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you put that Travolta connection yeah. there. Yeah. Oh. oh man. Yeah, that's good. All right. I, I will say respect is due to them for not doing staying alive here. Yes, yeah. I I do applaud them for not hitting the easiest the, the easiest nail? Yeah, I don't, I know. don't know. That the metaphor doesn't hold up, but yeah. like for for not not grasping at the closest branch. Yeah. 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 Um that is good. The little little the little snap <laughs> above his head. <laughs> Uh, is is I think my favorite part. Like I know the the strut like across is pretty good, mm-hmm. but there's something about the just like the one snap. Um, uh, obviously, we've all seen the video of uh, the no music version of this, right? Where it's yeah. just the awkward sound effects, and it's uh, it's pretty great. It it's is pretty fun. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But, I love those guys. I, <sighs> I love the uh, the uh, metal ceremony. Oh yeah, from yeah. Uh, the from the end of Star Wars. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the yeah. oral knots. Those guys are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All all that sort of uh, without John Williams. Yes. Uh, effects up really yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Finger um, guns and the head snaps and, uh, and now now may now popularized by uh, Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Um. Here it is. They, it it won it back. It, I think I think that movie that section of that movie. If anyone goes back and watches this, having seen Spider Verse. They'll be a little bit more in on the joke this time, and yeah. I think they'll enjoy it more. A hundred percent. That was yeah. such a beautiful saving act right there to sort of like say, "Hey, this is a part of the Spider-Man history too. Yep. We yeah. love it. This is this is who we are." Uh, and it, it just recognize that it was a mistake. It was dorky as all hell, but you know what? Because that's what Spider-Man is. That's what he is. Like we don't we don't talk about this, but this happened. This, sure this is part of it. What would as the, much as the popsicles? This is Spider Man. <laughs> what would the variation be on the like Superman Superverse version thing? Where it's like, oh yeah, one time I broke some guy's neck. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I broke. I got. I got drunk in a dirty bar. Yeah. Fought an evil version of myself <laughs> and broke a guy's neck. <laughs> we, uh, we don't talk Superman. about that. Superman. Superman. <laughs> Even Superman, guys, even Superman has bad days. <laughs> you know, I had I had to learn not to do that by doing it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's just, everybody knows that's how heroes. Uh, and, and Batman's version would be like nipples on the bat suit and that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. Be fun. I mean, yeah, Batman. Batman's version was literally just that episode of Batman the animated series. Oh, where right, they right. Go through all the different. Right. Ver- oh well, they did it in Lego Batman. They did the same oh, joke yeah. in Lego Batman. Yeah. Which is like, remember the time that you, you we were this phase and this phase and this phase and this phase and this phase, just going through the whole gamut. Um, that was good. Ray Fiennes, good sport. Good sport. Not good enough sport to play Voldemort in the same movie that he was featured in, but. Good you know, sport, all the same. Decently yeah. good sport. But in Eddie's or Voldemort, it's pretty dope. It is good. It's <laughs> true. Because you just know he was like, 
do a Ray Fiennes impression, and that was they happened to be a day where they had Rafe like in the waiting room, yeah. and they like turned the the sound on so you could hear it in there. <laughs> and you just there's no way they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is uh, it's delightful. Yeah, the spins and the doing his little move and doing another snap spin move to walk into the doors of the plate. I just look at that dork go. Oh, he is man. such a doofus. This he is, is the er doofus moment. Yeah. And um, uh, I don't know what is the woman re- when he walks into the into the store. There's a woman that's walking out that reacts to him. Is she? Yeah, she puts up her hands like, yeah, no, nope, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, is hope. she reacting to him because she was standing there watching him do that little spin and was just like, what, what? the hell is happening? What, what on earth? You know what? I don't care. And just like walks <laughs> off. <laughs> He's like, I, I got to get out of the city. I'm observing this. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I got to get out of the city. This is a. Um, she, I like uh, slightly before this, too. There's another lady who shows her disgust by also turning and doing the like you know spinny thing too like as he's walking <laughs> she has to turn and like look but she does a full turn yeah uh, oh yeah and in but the face is still like disgust like what yeah. white nonsense is this <laughs> and it's a, a really just delightful it's about halfway through the minute yeah. yeah my my favorite my favorite detail about this suit shop is that despite the fact that he got us he just got a staff job double the money he's still peter parker and he still can't pay full price for a suit right yeah so he goes and he buys a suit on sale big sale yeah yeah but also again what would evil peter parker do not like go to gucci or something like that just like go not bottom rack middle rack y'all <laughs> yeah uh, not yeah. not clearance no yeah a just suit sale. that's on sale yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what? I'm not going to go to Nordstrom Rack for this one. I'm going to Nordstrom. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I love this. And I love that these doors are uh, automatic doors, apparently, the way that they just like open for him. Uh, it's 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 really great. I As visual I, gags go, this is just fun. This is so fun. Yeah. I can't believe people don't appreciate this for how silly it is. Yeah, I, and I think I really do think we've talked about this a lot, but it's the the marketing of this movie was the biggest problem, mm-hmm. is that it set people up for a movie they were not about to get, and I think that a similar thing was the problem with Suicide Squad, only the opposite version. They thought everyone thought they were going to get a real fun movie, Guardians of the Galaxy ish, and then Warner Brothers actually got the final movie, and they're like, "What? What is this? What is this? We can't." <laughs> This isn't what David, we advertised. David, we can't release it like David, this. What did you do? What did you do? David. Um, and I think this was the opposite. Of Ew, like, David. Let's make a really serious, gritty movie. This is the movie everybody wants. Dark, gritty, black suit, Spider-Man, yeah. Venom, yeah. And then they got the movie and they're like, what is this? <laughs> oh, I think oh. the closest uh, analogy to this, because I think you're completely right, hmm. is uh, Iron Man 3. Yes. I think that is completely the point where they... Th- you sold this movie where it was a straight action, uh, Mandarin, big villain, you big know, scary guy. Yeah, yeah. Terrorist organization, that sort of stuff. And then the rug is pulled right from under you and it becomes kind of a goof. And yeah. in the structure of that movie, if you just break it down, it makes perfect sense. It's well executed. It's hilarious. Great it's performance. so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
people felt like they weren't just deceived by what movie they were getting. Because I, I honestly, I don't believe that's ever really the case. I feel like when people say that, it's because actually they just didn't like the movie they got, yeah. not because oh they were somehow tricked. Right. Um, right. Sure. And so. But I think that people felt like they were making a joke of what was one of their favorite characters. Uh-huh, so, like, the yeah. Mandarin was a character that a lot of Iron Man fans gravitated towards, especially new Iron Man fans that that felt quality enough to go back to the comics, you know, mm-hmm. after, like, Iron Man 1 and 2 and Avengers. Uh, like, the best stories are all Mandarin-based, and those are the, the trade paperbacks you'd find and the first things you'd see. Right. So they were expecting this, like, you know, real magnum opus, 10 rings have been around since the first movie kind of thing. And then, oh no, it's Trevor and it's hilarious. Uh, this movie, the same thing. I think you're exactly right. The, the black suit is one of the most important, you know, badass moments from the, the era of badass in terms yeah. of the character. And everyone who associates with it, like views their Spider-Man starting at Secret Wars as opposed to anything before that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so- The to- same people whose like favorite story ever is either Maximum Carnage or Craven's Last, Last Hunt. Yeah. That that SNES game though on Maximum Carnage that puts it <laughs> that that gives it such extra weight. Yeah. Um, but the same thing here in that I feel like people thought that they were making fun of the idea of the symbiote, not just in what Peter does very overtly, but also in what Eddie ends up being, which is basically just a a weakling Peter Parker-y type guy too. Yes. And, and it, it wasn't this big hulking, you know, creature. Bodybuilder guy. Yeah. 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 It, it was Which this is... life, this Spider-Man-esque, yeah. but like uh, doppelganger. A valid uh, take, is an interesting thing not, to do with Not only that, but also reminiscent of the initial take on Venom. Yeah. Venom evolved over time to into like the hulking. the hulking beast that it became. It, his first appearance, he was kind of like what he looks like in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things where, even if the idea is sound and mm-hmm. like works or is interesting or fun, if the the people are primed for a different idea right. or they're really really emotionally invested in a different idea, no matter how much that idea doesn't make any sense in this universe, right? It it can it, there's like a feeling of betrayal that can happen there, right? And and that's that's a shame because like. I think Iron Man 3 is the best Iron Man movie by far. Yeah. By far it rules. And like the the Mandarin um you there you have to redo that character for him not to be like super offensive and gross. And I, I think in terms of like doing a, a a new take on it, I think it's a delightful take on it. Yeah. But and and turns out not even actually a take on the Mandarin. Not even actually cuz we're going to come back and do a different version of the Mandarin in uh, Shang-Chi soon. Right. So like uh, it's it's I I don't think it should hurt as bad as it did. But right. if, if you really were personally invested in that other thing, if you really bought into what was sold in the trailer, you feel betrayed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like it's it's that thing where it's like you know sometimes like the Mandarin is a perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. Just because the Mandarin has been a Iron Man villain predominantly mm-hmm. doesn't mean that Iron Man is the best hero for him to fight. Right. And Shang-Chi makes a lot more sense. And I think that it's going to be an excellent pairing of character and villain. Um, and also, you know, the fact that, like, they're replacing the role of Fu Manchu with the Mandarin instead is so smart yeah. and spot on and great and a perfect evolution of what that should be. The thing about it is, like, sometimes, like, here's a perfect example. Kingpin. Mm. Yes. Kingpin, Spider-Man villain. 
He's a Spider-Man villain. That's mm-hmm. what he was created for. That's where he showed up. And then Frank Miller showed up and was like, actually, I think he might be a better Daredevil villain. And he did. He made him a Daredevil villain. Everyone's like, yeah, he's kind of a better Daredevil this villain, is isn't he? Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. This makes a lot more sense. Sometimes that happens and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think with the Mandarin, that's the case. And you know what? With Venom, the thing that they realized over time was that Venom makes a better uh, 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 anti-hero, mm-hmm. not a villain. Because you have Carnage, which is a better villain for Venom. Yes. Not for the the two characters shouldn't they don't they don't fit in with Spider Man as well as people thought they did. Mm-hmm. And they work better on their own in their own corner of the symbiote universe. It's unfortunate that because they were initially based on Spider Man, they have Spider Man iconography sort of built into them. Mm-hmm. So that complicates things, but they make more sense standing on their own to the point where I'm actually really looking forward to Venom two. Because Ven- Venom as an anti-hero, Carnage as the villain, makes a lot more sense as its own movie separate from Spider-Man yeah. than it ever did in the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. That's... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's just like, like there's an aspect of it too. I mean, you mentioned earlier the full saturation of Venom uh around the like the mid 90s like it is just i mean he, he was such a big deal so like formative and he was like positioned as one of like the the greatest heroes of spider-man with like the uh, the cartoon that is like greatest villain greatest vi- yeah yeah sorry greatest villains of spider-man uh with like the cartoon which is i think way more of a, a wider population's like touchstone with these characters than sure. the comics are sure yeah. i honestly think that yeah that, that that 90s tv show is that for more people than the comics yeah so certainly certainly was in the case of venom for uh raimi here yeah <laughs> i mean he's literally just lifting wholesale out of that that uh trilogy of episodes what's interesting is yeah. the way that raimi is essentially adapting just the parts of the cartoon origin that he wants to do yeah mm-hmm. um is not too different than what uh schumacher did with mr freeze yeah in that yeah. he was basically just cherry picking off the animated series yeah and then just kind of fitting it into however else it needs to fit into his sort of universe yeah um, um, so, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think that especially in the pre-MCU um, sort of MCU era, uh, the most uh, iconic version of uh, of all these characters before their movie counterparts were these cartoons that came out of the 90s. And, mm-hmm. you know, the X-Men almost never graduated out of it. I mean, they did at this point in time just because of the sheer volume of movies. That's the more popular touchdown than the cartoon show. But after the first, it, it took till, you know, maybe first class to like really kind of have a refresh of characters in the movie universe to really say, that's people's X-Men. Yeah. Right. Um, Spider-Man, it took Raimi's trilogy, which is massive. But, you know, the people watching it in the moment didn't have like that was spider-man the cartoon show mm-hmm. batman the animated series same way um uh, so i think that and, and also spider-man all the animated series uh, are yeah. the touchstones yeah. for it like, sure. like there are, were at least three bona fide hit cartoon series yeah. before the 90s cartoon show sure so there the, that has kind of always been the case mm-hmm. and so where- and even far from home very largely based on the ultimate spider-man cartoon series yeah. where He's the he uh, Nick Fury is helping him become the ultimate Spider-Man, right. you know, yeah. like that was the that's the pitch of that show is that he's working with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So like it's still happening. It's still happening. Yeah. yeah. And so if you have a populace that's like primed with this idea that like Venom is not just another one of the rogues gallery of villains, 
what do I know about Spider-Man? I don't know that much, but I remember that the biggest deal in the, my like first brush with the character, the biggest villain is Venom, and, mm-hmm. the, and it's serious, serious business, serious, scary business. Right. If you just treat him like another villain, and this is a silly thing, that that might strike a sour note more weirdly than if you'd done that with the Vulture, right, or with Mysterio. Or Everyone something. from the '60s and '70s believes that. Uh, that Spider-Man's arch nemesis is the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Anyone from the 80s believes that it's Craven the Hunter. Anyone in the 90s believes that it's either Venom or Carnage. And anyone since then, any like kids who have re- gro- grown up reading comics thinks it's Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Starting with Spider-Man 2 into like Superior Spider-Man and all that stuff, they think it's Dr. Octopus. Yeah. That's the thing that's fascinating about Spider-Man is like with Batman, it's always going to be the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, with Superman, it's always going to be Lex Luthor. There was a little window where people thought it was Doomsday. They were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lex Luthor. It's always going to be Lex Luthor. Sometimes they think that it's it's uh, General Zod. They are also incorrect. <laughs> um, it is Lex Luthor. Uh, but but like you know, there's there's very little argument with a lot of other rogues. It's like with X Men, it's Magneto. It's always going to be Magneto. Yeah. You know, um, and. With Captain America, it's Red Skull. It's always going to be Red Skull. With Spider-Man, it depends on when you're reading the book. Yeah. Because his, his, his series has always been a soap opera that just you can dip in and out of like any soap opera. Yeah. And it's an ongoing thread. It's not runs. You don't get a lot of runs of Spider-Man. It's all one ongoing story. Whereas like Captain America, it's like, oh yeah, there's the Brewbreaker run. You can read that and feel like you've completed an entire arc of mm-hmm. a character. The Jason Aaron Thor run, you can fe- read that, feel like you've gotten an entire arc of a character and never read another Thor comic again, right? Mm-hmm. With Spider-Man, there, isn't, there, there aren't sections off like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's an ongoing story, and depending on where you dipped in, that's who you're going to think his arch nemesis is. And for a lot of people who read a lot of comics in the 90s and watched that cartoon series, they think it's Venom. Yeah. Um, and I find that really interesting how generational that, that, is. that, that idea is. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I think He's the only hero that's like that. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. And that's why there might be extra yeah. tension here on this one. Right. I would say that he's the only like top tier A-list hero that's like this. I think there's a few that that kind of ebb and flow. And I think part of the reason... Like Wonder Woman doesn't have like a great like nemesis yeah right? she has a lot of people that she yeah. has issues with but 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 then like for instance you could say like green lantern like that kind of has a generational thing too where sometimes it's sinestro sometimes it's different cores right sometimes it's parallax like, right. like there are uh more defined eras in, in some of the other uh, uh right. aquaman probably too right. has gone either black mana or ocean master right or, or a few the, the flash is a big one between reverse flash or uh uh captain cold yeah depending uh, on who you ask yeah right. so so i think that there's definitely a lot of that and i think the reason why spider-man hits that sort of all-timer level like all those kind of other ones do uh, while retaining that sort of sense of flow between all these different ones is because it's it it is generational it is where you are when you read it or who you are when you read it just in your life but it's also they do such a good job of of 
heaping it on to Peter. Yeah. That the mm. people like Green Goblin earned that. Yeah. And Craven earned that. Yeah. And you know, Doctor Octopus earned that. With like me, Venom's probably the one that doesn't earn it right in his <laughs> era. And that's more of just because of exposure and more people bought the comics that he was associated with than any other yeah. Spider Man. I would say he did a lot of dark stuff to Peter in that time period. Yeah, but that was also the era of the clone saga. And so it oh, got true. real obfuscated by that's like true. Ben Riley and his stuff. And so Venom just went to San Francisco and right, like, right. bye guys, I'm going over here. But yeah. in terms of like saturation and whatnot, like it, it was such a it's such an ever present like like the iconography was so saturated everywhere right, that right. like are you anywhere in a comic book stuff there's a comic book shop in the 90s there's venom stuff everywhere if you're even a person who doesn't read comics you have seen venom and you know of venom as oh that's the evil spider-man right there i get it mm-hmm. well, i get it and, and i think it speaks to the character's popularity like to not just speak you know of the people that are just happened to go uh, along with it because they were there at the time. Mm-hmm. I think the character has a ton of popularity because it is a truly interesting character mm-hmm. divorced from, you know, that initial moment with Peter Parker. Like all the best Venom stuff happens as soon as he gets the hell out of, you know, Spider-Man's shadow. Uh, and so I think that's why you see something like the Venom movie was more successful than Homecoming, mm-hmm. because you not because it's a more successful character, but because that character is rife with potential, mm-hmm. divorced from the sort of baggage that is all of that other Spider-Man stuff. Uh, and so when it gets to just kind of play on its own, I think that it was able to be closer to what people were expecting it to be based on who they were in the '90s. I'm actually <laughs> very disappointed that. At movie theaters didn't have a giveaway where you just got a bunch of pouches that you can kind of yeah. put <laughs> yeah. all over your body yeah. every time you went and saw Venom. For sure. Um, because it was the most 90s thing ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but Avi Arad was right. He, he said from go, this is, a, this is a character that connects to audiences. I don't think he understood it. I don't know that he knew why it did or what exactly about the character connected to audiences, but, but he, he knew, knew that it did. Money. Yeah. Venom connects to audiences, make a Venom movie, and we will make a lot of money. We'll print money. And it, what's crazy is no one believed him, including me. No one. And he was right. Yeah. What's exciting to think about, though, if we're just going logical conclusions in the existing sort of cinematic universes that we currently have in front of us. Yeah. The likelihood of us getting some sort of secret wars type moment where Peter interacts with that symbiote first before he meets Tom Hardy's venom gets that black suit, gets rid of it. But then when he interacts with Tom Hardy's venom, that's what's going to be the sort of connective tissue is because oh. he's going to have dealt with that symbiote species before somewhere, it bef- hit to Eddie before it got to Eddie Brock. I think oh, that's I, interesting. I, or, or either it's, I, I think it's probably not going to be connected to his symbiote at all. Oh, I think, oh, I think okay. it's going to be Just more... that he's like, I have experience with this. Yes. With like, another symbiote. Yeah. Like, oh, I, like, okay. I, like, I don't think it's going to be in Spider-Man 3 because I know no. that they're going to go in crazy directions with that. Yeah. But uh, either, you know... Or Craven directions. <laughs> something that's never been seen before. That's what they've never been done before in a Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've never seen a dude in a leotard running around trying to hunt Spider-Man, so... Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, so I, I think that the I think honestly, what I think will happen, just being completely, fr- I think it's going to be in a what if. 
I think they're going to do a what oh. if where uh, what you know, and the symbiote's going to be like on Titan or something, and like he's going to get the black suit. It's going to help him beat Thanos quicker. And you're is gonna Tom be Holland to... listed on what if or or uh, probably not? Yeah, I don't think yeah. he is yet. All right. Well, what if season two? Jeez. Yeah. Let yeah, him yeah, dream. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, what if's four? Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I truly believe that that's how we're going to get that inter- interplay. I think mm-hmm. that because I think that that's an I, interesting theory. I like the, that. the iconic moments is kind of what Feige likes to weave in and out of. And yeah. I think that that like he's got a black suit on like oh my god alien thing i used to think and i still think there's half a possibility for this although it's less likely because fox is now part of the they're all playing together with marvel yeah is uh, a secret wars movie with just actually all four quadrants of their characters finally coming together and like literally having like hugh jackman and you know all these other people that would have been cool because you could do it completely separate but here's the wacky one and i'm gonna it's friday let's have fun (laughs) uh you know the the real like a secret wars movie but it's with DC characters. Mm. And that's like how you do a, a Marvel DC crossover, crossover. thing. Because if, be cool. if, if you think about the trajectory of the comics, yeah. you can map to a lot of the things that become popular and are tried in the movies mm-hmm. right now. And I think that eventually at a certain point in time, someone's going to realize that the only thing stopping them is two bosses. Yeah. And once two bosses say yes, and it's not impossible to make two bosses say yes, honestly, Marvel and DC are about as far apart as Marvel and Spider-Man were, were before Civil War. That's true. In, in terms of what That's they could do cinematically. Point. Yeah. So if you if you do something where uh, whatever Matt Reeves' Batman thing, if they kind of really like the direction that's going, have like Jason Momoa, Gail Gadot, and new Batman, uh, Pattinson, our bats. Yeah. Uh, you know, you sent over to a thing with My Tom boy, Holland, uh, Mackie America, and, you know someone else in yeah. that universe and just like have it be like you know contest of champions style like we're gonna fight each other thing and they figure it out almost like secret wars by way of the spider-man animated series yeah. where it was yeah. less about the actual like battle world and more about like just throwing you know heroes and villains against each other yeah um in macro yeah um but putting that all together they can go back to their universes have like a memory loss thing or whatever but then you can have a lot of those beats uh, that Secret Wars has with the same level of excitement that Secret Wars brought with it. Right. Because the reason why it worked is because these were characters that shouldn't really be interacting with each other on the same side. Yeah. Um, you could do that with cross studio play. Right. And, and really the only place that that exists is, is DC at the moment. I There's a possibility that like image stuff like spawn's got a new movie coming out sure. so maybe there's a theoretically there. theoretically yeah um <laughs> and there's still a half window where maybe you can still go back to like that mcavoy fassbender you know yeah, crew maybe you sure know. sure no, no. Yeah, i don't know i don't know how much people are clamoring for that one but, but no one's clamoring for it but if they're like popping in you know in addition to other characters tickets. I, th- yeah. I think i think it really it's jackman you sure gotta, yeah jack jackman's the only one that matters hugh jackman ryan reynolds yeah bat fleck yeah you know Pat fleck. the mustache from uh justice league <laughs> and you know a, a version of captain america done yeah. secret wars yeah yeah, I'm for it. That would be interesting. Um, well, well, I don't. I wildly don't different place we are than we were in Spider-Man Three. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I think. I don't think we're gonna top that. Yeah. Uh, on on this week, so I think we'll leave it at that. Wally, can I just say though that uh, I'd like to to say I brought it in on a landing because at the end of the day we talked about 
and we ended it with Spider-Man discovering a black suit and doing some sort of pose. Yeah, like that was that was where that was where <laughs> it was always going to end. And yeah, we took some left turns along the way, but I like to think that uh, that we got there in the end. Yeah. We sure did. I think there, so. There's Peter in a black suit at the end of today's minute. Yeah, how fun. Yeah, what if what if what if Spider-Man was wearing a black suit? Well. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well, I feel like I want to well give tailored. him my ticket so he can let me know what theater I'm going into. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Wally, thanks so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having great. me, guys. Yeah, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, we'll definitely be in touch next season. Oh, my God. Spoiler alert. I love Amazing Spider-Man. All right. Oh, I think Andrew Garfield is one of the best Spider-Men to oh ever God. be a Spider-Man. Okay. All that right. sounds like that like good conversation fodder right there. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, if you are missing our voices over the weekend, you can check out our Patreon page, duelinggenre.com slash support $3 a month, hey. and you'll get the Weekend Bugle. Uh, which is our sort of weekend extracurricular podcast where Zach and I talk about all things superhero, not just Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, all superhero-related things. We watch movies. We talk about different versions of characters, adaptations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so uh, check that out uh, and all the other things that we do on our Patreon page, including movie reviews for like uh you know just kind of the blockbusters that's yeah. sort of what we focus on there's even a whole bonus podcast in there in the patreon feed yeah that exists yeah the uh scott pilgrim one scott pilgrim yeah scott pilgrim minute uh-huh. uh one minute a week so uh that's that's something that uh happens um and it's gonna take a long time to finish but <laughs> uh it's fun so it uh it's kind of our hangout podcast it's a lot of fun so check that out as well again that's just three dollars a month that's all we ask for uh and that's nothing you get lots of bonus content so check that out that's duelinggenre.com slash support and we'll be back on monday with minute 96 bye everybody bye bye